Welcome to Malice of Forethought UK, a true crime podcast, blog and forum that looks at all aspects of true crime here in the UK and around the globe. I'm going to be following a multi-episode arc over the next few episodes. Don't know how long this one's going to last. It depends on how exciting things get. But it's based on the Heard versus Depp trial, which is playing out live on Court TV every day, which is available on Sky Channel 179. I am a huge fan of Johnny Depp. What is not to like about him? He's handsome, kooky, he stars in the most amazing films, and I'll be brutally honest, when I was a teenager, his posters covered my walls. By the same token, I know very little to nothing about Amber Heard, except what I've read or seen in the news or online in recent months and years following her much publicised marriage and split with Johnny Depp. So it's hard for me to remain impartial, I will say that, but I will endeavour to do so. The lawyer in me says until both parties have given their evidence and everything's out there and the jury reaches a verdict, I can't say which way this is going to go. But I'm going to endeavour to take the middle ground. I don't watch reality TV. I've never watched an episode of the Oscars, although I did see the infamous Will Smith slap on Breakfast News. And I know very little to nothing about people like the Kardashians, except that their dad was a friend of OJ, because I did watch the OJ trial. So I'm less at the hairdressers and reading whatever magazine is there whilst waiting for my hair to cook, whilst Ben, my long-suffering and absolutely fabulous hairdresser, is busy. I have absolutely no idea what is going on in Tinseltown. But when I do read the magazines, it's always lovely to see the glitz and glamour of Hollywood and the lives of the A-list celebrities with their fancy homes, their private hideaways in tropical locations and their gorgeous dresses. But Hollywood can have a dark side and money, fame and excess can cloud reality whilst us mere mortals watch on amazed by the soap opera being played out in the media, which gives us a glimpse into the real life of our favourite stars. So I'll start today by giving you some background into the whole Depp versus Heard debacle. Recently, we watched the UK trial in which actress Amber Heard gave evidence on behalf of the Sun newspaper, which for all of you outside of the UK, is what I could only describe as tabloid trash and not something that I read myself. And they won a libel case in the UK High Court after an article in the UK where the news group newspaper publication who owns The Sun had stated in one of their much well-written articles that Amber's ex-husband Johnny Depp engaged in domestic violence against her on multiple occasions. And now we are seeing the US version playing out on court TV. So how have we got to where we are when it's been so many years since this couple split up? 
The story of the two of them began when a 22-year-old actress, Amber Heard, met 45-year-old father of two, Johnny Depp, on the set of the film The Rum Diary in 2009. Depp and French singer-actress Vanessa Paradis had been together many years and had a son and a daughter together, though they'd never officially married. Meanwhile, Heard was with a Hawaiian artist and photographer, Tazia Von Rhee. Amber Heard and Tazia, who was age 40 at the time, considered themselves a married couple, even though same-sex marriage was not legal in 2008 when Amber changed her name to match that of the photographers. Then, suddenly, Depp was separating from Vanessa after 14 years together and Heard was leaving her wife and later, Depp would say that during filming a shower scene for the Rum Diaries, Head had kissed him and he felt things he should never have felt, nor had he felt in a long time. But he and Vanessa had issues. She was unhappy living in America and wanted to return to France, and Head was so young and so beautiful. Head and Depp dated on and off for three years before getting engaged and the couple finally married in 2015. At the time of their wedding on his private island in the Bahamas, OK Magazine quoted a friend of Johnny Depp as saying at the time, he's prepared to put everything on the line for Amber. He's convinced they're forever, even though they've already had major ups and downs and nearly split up several times over the past three years. OK Magazine also reported at the time that although they had a rocky relationship, Depp had declined a prenuptial agreement because he wanted to prove his love was for real. The guest list was kept very small with only a few dozen of their closest family and friends looking on as they made their vows under a white marquee decorated with flowers on the idyllic beach of Little Hall's Pond Cay. Johnny's private island has been described as a tropical paradise. Their guests relaxed on the beaches, had fun snorkelling and enjoyed food catered by private chefs. Amber, who was 28 at the time, wore a traditional long-sleeved white wedding gown and a floor-length veil, while Johnny, then age 51, sported a white tuxedo and black pants. Trousers for us English people. I've looked at the wedding photos that are published on the internet and they seem to have come from either helicopter or drone footage. So it's quite difficult to see who everybody is from a distance. But quite clearly, you can see that there are several bridesmaids and Jack, Johnny's son from his marriage with or relationship with Vanessa, is stood beside him possibly as best man wearing a matching white tuxedo and black trousers. The several bridesmaids stood behind Amber look to be a lady in a pantsuit who I will presume is a friend of hers and we will meet her later in the episode arc. There also seems to be Lily who is Johnny's daughter and Vanessa Parody is actually in the congregation. The white marquee is decorated with white roses and you can see pink and red rose petals lining the sand which may a makeshift 
makeshift um, aisle up to where the couple are giving their vows so it is stunningly beautiful there is a pit I have put a picture on my website so if you go to this story on my website which a link will be in the episode description you can see the photo for yourself and maybe zoom in and try and work out who everybody is so the several bridesmaids include Amber's sister and Vanessa and Johnny's daughter Lily and you can see that what was the beginning of a rocky relationship ended in an absolutely beautiful fairy tale wedding they weren't very married very long and during their short marriage the couple were in the news in Australia when she avoided a conviction for illegally taking her dogs into Australia this was when Johnny was filming one of his Pirates of the Caribbean movies. She pleaded guilty in court to making a false statement on her immigration card about the couple's Yorkshire Terriers and a Queensland judge gave her a one-month good behaviour bond with no conviction recorded. If she breaks that bond, she must pay a thousand Australian dollars, which is the equivalent of about 540 um, British pounds or 770 US dollars. The authorities at that time also re released what can only be described as an unusual video apology from the couple. And again, I'll put a link to that into the episode description, show notes, and you can look at it on my website. Yet just over a year after they married, the marriage was over and the split came only a few days after Depp's mother passed away. In May 2016, Heard attended court in Los Angeles making an application for a restraining order against Depp. As she left the building, she found herself surrounded by photographers, journalists and film crew. On her cheek was what appeared to be a mark. The court was also shown photographs of what looked like facial bruising. She said Depp had violently attacked her and in a rage had thrown a mobile phone at her face with extreme force. There were also allegations of other incidents of domestic violence. She said she endured excessive emotional, verbal and physical abuse and angry, hostile, humiliating and threatening assaults. And all of those are direct words quoted from her application for the restraining order. Depp denied the abuse, the restraining order was granted and soon after the marriage was over. She alleged that Depp had physically abused her during their relationship and said it was usually while he under the influence of drugs or alcohol. She alleged that at the time of filing for divorce an incident had recently taken place in which he'd thrown his phone at her leaving her with a bruised face. However, a police spokesman stated that an investigation into a domestic incident radio call found that no crime had taken place. Depp denied the allegations and through his representative said Heard was attempting to secure a premature financial resolution by alleging abuse. A year after their separation, the divorce settlement was finalised in 2017. 
When just before they were due to go in court to settle the financial aspects of their divorce, a deal between the former couple was reached after what had seemed like a public battle of claims of jealous paranoia, drunken rages, manipulation, greed and a severed fingertip. Head kept the dogs that were at the centre of the Australia scandal. Meanwhile, Depp retained sole possession of all his properties, including his private island, where they wed, and his collection of classic cars and motorcycles. Head had requested $50,000 a month spousal support, as reports stated she had earnings of approximately $7,000 a month, but overheads of nearly $40,000 a month. However, she eventually dropped this, request and settled for seven million dollars equivalent to about 5.3 million british pounds furthermore a non-disparagement clause was inserted into the settlement that prevented either party from saying anything negative about the high profile relationship or their breakup following reaching the settlement head then announced she was giving the money to two american charities Half of it would go towards efforts to combat violence against women and the other half toward a paediatric hospital in California. Head released a statement following the settlement that said, Money played no role for me personally and never has, except to the extent that I could donate it to charity and in doing so, hopefully, help those less able to defend themselves. Head said the money would be split between the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, and the Children's Hospital Los Angeles, CHLA. Ayotilit Wright, who is, by what I can gather, the lady in the pantsuit at the, um, the wedding that I mentioned earlier, is a friend of Head's. And she wrote for Refinery29, The reports of violence started with a kick on a private plane. Then it was shoves and the occasional punch, until finally in December, she, meaning Amber, described an all-out assault, and she woke up with her pillow covered in blood. I know this because I went to their house. I saw the pillow with my own eyes. I saw the busted lip and the clumps of hair on the floor. So despite the order in the divorce that neither party speak out negatively about their relationship or divorce, what has followed is six years of legal wranglings and their private lives being laid bare. Not in criminal courts, but civil courts, court of public opinion and trial by media, while neither party is coming out as being completely innocent of wrongdoing. In April 2018, UK newspaper The Sun published an article that referred to Depp as a wife-beater and which they claimed there was overwhelming evidence that he attacked her during their marriage. In the article, the newspaper urged author J.K. Rowling to scrap Depp from the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them franchise over allegations of domestic assault. The article was entitled Gone Potty. How can J.K. Rowling be genuinely happy casting wife-beater Johnny Depp in the new Fantastic Beasts film? Writing in the article, Dan Wooden states that Amber Heard, backed up by numerous friends on the record, recounted a detailed history of domestic abuse incidents. 
some of which had led to her fearing for her life. According to the court documents, there were kicks, punches, shoves, and all-out assault. While Depp's many high-powered friends accused Head of simply seeking a payout, she proved them wrong by committing to donate all of the £5 million, or $7 million, she received to charity. Later that year, in December 2018, Head wrote in the Washington Post an opinion piece. She entitled this, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. There is a link to this on my website so you can read the Washington Post piece in full. Depp's name isn't mentioned, but most people interpreted this as being about him and she stated in the article that she became a public figure representing domestic abuse and felt the full force of our culture's wrath for women who speak out. She further wrote, Friends and advisors told me I would never again work as an actress, that I would be blacklisted. A movie I was attached to recast my role. I had just shot a two-year campaign as the face of a global fashion brand, and the company dropped me. Questions arose as to whether I would be able to keep my role as Mira in the movies Justice League and Aquaman. I write this as a woman who had to change my phone number weekly because I was getting death threats. For months I rarely left my apartment, and when I did, I was pursued by camera drones and photographers on foot, on motorcycles, in cars, tabloid outlets that posted pictures of me spun them in a negative light. I felt as though I was on trial in the court of public opinion, and my life and my livelihood depended on my raid judgments far beyond my control. This caused Depp's lawyer Adam Waldman to speak out that the column was an abuse of the Me Too movement and claimed Heard masquerades as a victim rather than abuser and that he and his client looked forward to presenting overwhelming video, photographic and eyewitness evidence that would clear Depp's name. So then Depp and his PR machine went into damage control and the lawsuits began. So a claim was brought against the Sun's publisher, News Group Newspapers, NGN, and the Sun's executive editor, Dan Wooten. And we have seen this case and a case directly against Heard for writing the article rumble on through the legal system here in the UK and over in the USA. In the claim against the Sun, Depp's legal team's argument was that the Sun's allegations were not true and amounted to serious harm as defined in the Defamation Act of 2013. Defamation under this act being the act of damaging the good reputation of someone by slander or libel. Slander being the action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. Libel as is in the case of this, is a published false statement that is damaging to a person's reputation, so it is a written defamation. Defamation court battles can be very expensive. Fees often exceed over a million pounds, but anyone who thinks that they have been defamed can actually sue. Companies, like individuals, have reputations to defend, so they too can go to court 
but usually the costs are prohibitive and damages rarely exceed 300,000. If you were defending a defamation claim, the defence would come in one of five categories. So in the UK, there are five ways that someone can see off the claim in court. Usually it's the law of England and Wales, but Scotland has its own legal system. Yet in defamation, it's really similar and there's quite a lot of mirroring between the English and Welsh system and the Scottish one. So the first defence is that of truth or known as veritas in Scotland. This means the words are factually accurate and cannot be disproved. So there is no defamation because it goes to the truth of the matter. The second one is honest opinion in England or fair comment in Scotland. This is that the words are as honestly held opinion based on an analysis of facts that anyone else could also hold. This defence is very important to people like food or film critics because it assists them in being accused unfairly of criticising when they are just doing their job. The third one is privilege and privilege protects the accurate and fair reporting of what is said in a court of law or in parliament among other official bodies without fear of them being taken to court for defamation. So you have parliamentary privilege or you have legal privilege. There is innocent dissemination. So this protects like TV or radio stations from being sued. So if a guest caller calls in and suddenly say something which is defamatory, then you can use innocent dissemination to say, well, you know, this wasn't our fault. This was this happened completely innocently based on the fact that somebody called in and we weren't expecting it. And the fifth one is responsible publication. So this allows journalists to argue that even if the facts that they published weren't entirely correct, they were reporting something that was clearly in the public interest. This is a significant difference to the position in Scotland. So this is the one where the English and Welsh system completely diverts from the Scottish system. Because in Scotland, the legal test is means it's much harder for a journalist to prove that it, the story was in the public interest than it is in England and Wales. So Depp's lawyers claim that the accusations have caused him significant reputational damage and lost him lucrative film roles when newsgroup newspaper sought to prove that the Sun newspaper was justified in its publication of the article because the allegations of abuse against Depp were true. So they were using that they were factually accurate, cannot be disproved. They went to the truth of it. Under the defence of truth, NGN were going to rely on 14 separate accounts of alleged domestic violence by Depp against Heard in their defence case. Now the trial took place in the High Court in London in England and was described as the biggest libel trial of the 21st century and lasted over 16 days across five courtrooms, saw witnesses giving evidence and in person via video link from LA, 
there was COVID restrictions all over the place and in particular in England at the time so the parties were often seen arriving at court wearing the face masks sometimes Depp would be wearing a bandana it was all over the news in the UK and probably in the US as well and the presiding judge was Andrew Nicholl now, Judge Andrew Nicholl seemingly believed that Heard's claims that she was abused and even held hostage during the couple's time in Australia. In his ruling, Nicholl actually collected all 14 allegations made by either Depp or the son via Heard herself, who claims the newspaper relying on her information for their article, and determined whether or not he believed Heard, Depp, or neither of them. Ultimately, after determining that Depp was mostly at fault in 12 of the 14 allegations, Nicol determined that the son had successfully argued it was reasonable for the paper to refer to Depp as a wife beater because the burden of proof in civil trials is on the balance of probability. Now this means that the decision maker, with the appropriate subject matter expertise, is satisfied an event or account is more likely than not to have occurred which is obviously different from beyond reasonable doubt which would have been the burden of proof if it were a criminal case so judge andrew nichol said in his judgment that the papers claims had been shown to be substantially true he said, I have reached these conclusions having examined in detail the 14 incidents on which the defendants, that's the son, rely, as well as the overarching considerations which the claimant submitted I should take into account. And in our next episode, I'll go through the main incidents of which the um, trial and the son relied upon. Thank you for listening and I will keep you updated as the weeks continue. Don't forget, visit my website, join the forum. If you want to discuss this or any other true crime, please feel free to contact me. You can make a donation if you so wish. And I would like you to rate and subscribe me on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter. I don't do this for any money, as you are all aware, and I am not a professional podcaster by any stretch of the imagination, but I do really enjoy using my free time to look into these cases and see if I can explain them in layman's terms, which is obviously always enjoyable and much easier to digest than the long convoluted and boring trials that sometimes go on so I'm really really happy that you listen to me and I do want you to continue to listen and look after each other and be nice to each other take care speak soon